This is Mitch Peterson, and you're listening to General Conference Applied. Thank you for joining me for Season 2, Episode 1. In this episode, we will be discussing President Russell M. Nelson's October 2023 General Conference Address, which was entitled, Think Celestial. This was a fantastic talk. Real quick, let me report on my action item from last week, and then we'll dive into President Nelson's message. As you may recall, in General Conference Applied Season 1, Episode 10, I had committed to putting together basically a six-month plan to incorporate the the Christ-like attribute activity into my gospel study. And so, as I had mentioned in that episode, I've built basically a, a spreadsheet that makes this attribute activity a little bit more user-friendly. And, and just another plug that I'm going to let you know how to get a copy of that for free by signing up for my email list as soon as it's ready. But I, I had mentioned in that episode that I identified the attributes that I wanted to work on during the next six months and that I would complete that attribute activity every six months at general conference time. And so here's an example. One of the attributes that I wanted to focus on is charity and love. And so the attribute activity basically lists a number of questions that you respond to. And so the first question was, I feel a sincere desire for the eternal welfare and happiness of others. And so my response to this question was a three, which means often. I often feel a sincere desire for the eternal welfare and happiness of others. Obviously, I hope to improve on this score over time so that one day I can respond five, always. In my gospel study this week, I read Doctrine and Covenants section 60, and parts of verses 2 and 13 stood out to me. The Lord said, and this is in verse 2, With some I am not well pleased, for they will not open their mouths, but they hide the talent which I have given unto them because of the fear of man. And then verse 13, the Lord says, I give unto them a commandment thus, Thou shalt not idle away thy time, neither shalt thou bury thy talent that it may not be known. When I prepare for my podcast each week, and and I think that's a talent that I'm cultivating, and it's obviously time that I'm choosing not to idle away, I pray that something I say might be of benefit to at least one person. Our Heavenly Father knows which of his children are going to listen to this podcast episode. And so I ask Heavenly Father to inspire me to say something that will bless the life of one of his children. So I feel in that way that I feel a sincere desire for the eternal welfare and happiness of others. But this also inspires me to do this more often, perhaps to pray for this, pray to be an instrument in Heavenly Father's hands to bless the lives of those around me. And so my, my idea then is to focus on one of those questions from the Christ-like attributes that I'm focusing on each week and to do something similar, right? To find applications in the gospel study that I'm already doing. And... Coincidentally, or maybe not, 
coincidentally, it just so happens that there are 26 questions that will take me one question per week for the next 26 weeks up until the next general conference that I'll be focusing on. I'll keep you posted as I continue to, to go through that process. Okay, so let's dive into this. As a reminder, in each episode of General Conference Applied, we are attempting to answer two questions. First, what is the speaker inviting me to do? And second, how might I consider taking action? In the introductory episode to season two that I released in the middle of this week, I had mentioned that when Elder Bednar studies general conference addresses, he focuses on doctrines and principles, the corresponding invitations, and then the promises that come from acting on those invitations. And so two of the overarching doctrines that I've identified in President Nelson's talk, Think Celestial, are the plan of salvation and the atonement of Jesus Christ. And one of the main principles that I feel is being discussed is exaltation. And so let me share a quote. This is from chapter 47, which is entitled Exaltation of the Gospel Principles Manual. And I guess a plug at the beginning of this episode, there are show notes. And so you can click on the link in the podcast episode description. It will take you to the show notes on my website. And I have links, quotes, the very detailed show notes that you can reference. If, if for example, I, I say something that you'd like to look up at a later time, it's likely that it's found here in some form or fashion in the show notes. So here's the quote from chapter 47, Exaltation. Imagine what joy each of us will have when we return to our Heavenly Father, if we can say, Father, I lived according to thy will. I have been faithful and have kept thy commandments. I am happy to be home again. Then we will hear him say, and this is from Matthew 25, 23, Well done, Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. And that's the end of the quote. We're going to discuss something very much like this as we dive into President Nelson's talk. This was my big takeaway from conference, was to think celestial. I think that's a powerful idea. And... It's come from our Heavenly Father at the right time. I identified seven promises for the the President Nelson promised in this talk, if we think celestial. Here are each of those promises. What I'll do is I'll share the action and then the promise. So for example, the, the first promise the action is, as you focus on thinking celestial, the promise is, expect to encounter opposition. And, and that may not seem like a promise, something very, something that we should be striving for to encounter opposition. But the way I like to look at it is if Satan is countering my efforts, then I'm on the right track. If he doesn't want me to do what I'm doing, then that's a pretty good indication that I'm doing the right thing. 
Okay, here's the second promise. I am, President Nelson had said, I am convinced that thinking celestial enhanced my career. Third, as you think celestial, your heart will gradually change. You will want to pray more often and more sincerely. Fourth, as you think celestial, you will find yourself avoiding anything that robs you of your agency. Fifth, thinking celestial will also help you obey the law of chastity. Sixth, as you think celestial, you will view trials and opposition in a new light. And then seventh, as you think celestial, your faith will increase. Is it worth it to think celestial? If any of those promises stood out to you as something that you desire, then I would, I would state that yes, thinking celestial is worth it. It's worth it. I identified one overarching invitation in General Conference Applied, we've been talking about invitations and directives. A, a directive is an official or authoritative instruction. What I found, and this dawned on me in season one, episode 10, directives are a way to take action on the invitation. So President Nelson's invitation is to think celestial. And then he gives us in this talk, six directives that I identified that will enable us to take action on that invitation to think celestial. So here's the invitation. President Nelson stated today to assist you to qualify for the rich blessings Heavenly Father has for you. I invite you to adopt the practice of thinking celestial. Thinking celestial means being spiritually minded. We learn from the Book of Mormon prophet Jacob that to be spiritually minded is life eternal. When you make choices, I invite you to take the long view, an eternal view. That's the end of the quote. I wanted to point out, and I wanted to point out that there was a footnote right there. There was a footnote in the middle of that invitation. It's footnote number seven. And in that footnote, President Nelson had written, it may prove to be easier to repent and progress spiritually here while our spirit is united with our body than in the next world between the time we die and are resurrected. As Amulek taught the apostate Zoramites, this life is the time to prepare to meet God. So that might be something we want to consider that, and I, and I know I've heard this before and perhaps you have as well. Oh, just do my temple work for me once I'm gone. I, I can't live the laws of the gospel in this life, but, but I'll accept it in the next. I think that what our prophet is telling us here is that now is the time to prepare to meet God. We don't know much about what life will be like in the spirit world, but that's the sense that I'm getting. Now, now is the time to take action. Now is the time to live the gospel as best as we can. 
recognizing that we'll make mistakes, but, but moving forward, doing the best that we can. Okay, Let me, let's talk about that invitation. There were several, several parts to it. So we'll talk about the six directives in just, in just a little bit, and that will assist us in taking action on this invitation. On Thursday evening, so this would have been October 5th, it was the end of a long day, and our two youngest kids had pretty nasty coughs, and my wife was actually in our daughter's room trying to get her back to sleep. And I had this thought, I hate, I hate it when our kids are sick. And then immediately I had another thought, think celestial. And I, I kind of smiled and I texted, I texted Morgan and, and she responded, hey, I like that. We are blessed to have bodies that can get sick and we'll be stronger and better once we overcome the sickness. And one day we'll have a resurrected body that won't get sick anymore. Isn't it powerful how our thoughts can, can change our entire outlook? Nothing really changed in the situation. We still had two sick kids, but thinking celestial enables us to experience joy despite the circumstances of our lives. I also liked that President Nelson defined here what it means to think celestial. He stated that it means being spiritually minded. And this, he referenced the prophet Jacob in the Book of Mormon. The reference was specifically 2 Nephi 9, verse 39, but I'd like to read 2 Nephi chapter 9, verses 38 through 41. And in fine, woe unto all those who die in their sins, for they shall return to God and behold his face and remain in their sins. O oh, my beloved brethren, remember the awfulness in transgressing against that holy God and also the awfulness of yielding to the enticings of that cunning one. Remember, to be carnally minded is death, and to be spiritually minded is life eternal. O oh, my beloved brethren, give ear to my words. Remember the greatness of the Holy One of Israel. Do not say that I have spoken hard things against you, for if you do, you will revile against the truth, for I have spoken the words of your Maker. I know that the words of truth are hard against all uncleanness, but the righteous fear them not, for they love the truth and are not shaken. O oh, then, my beloved brethren, come unto the Lord, the Holy One. Remember that his paths are righteous. Behold, the way for man is narrow, but it lieth in a straight course before him. And the keeper of the gate is the Holy One of Israel, and he employeth no servant there. And there is none other way save it be by the gate for he cannot be deceived, for the Lord God is his name. I still remember in seminary that phrase, spiritually minded, is life eternal. It's five words that spell out, the first letter of each word spells smile, S-M-I-L-E, smile. Spiritually minded is life eternal. Isn't that what I was just talking about? How even though we had sick kids, Thinking celestial enabled us to smile, to recognize that bad things happen, and to hope for relief in a future day. I also think that verse 40 is powerful, and we're going to talk about this shortly, but
but there's a directive to remember the greatness of the Holy One of Israel. Remember that phrase, remember the greatness of the Holy One of Israel. We're going to talk about that shortly. So let's dive into these directives. Here's the first directive that President Nelson shared in this talk. He said, put Jesus Christ first because your eternal life is dependent upon your faith in him and in his atonement. Okay, our eternal life is dependent upon our faith in him and in his atonement. Here's a question. Can we earn our way into heaven? Isn't it true that without the grace of God, none of us would be able to return to his presence? This was a topic that I was recently discussing with a few of my family members, and, and I honestly wasn't sure I had a great answer. But this week, I was listening to the Unshaken Saints podcast, and it's probably been close to a year since listening to this podcast, but it just so happened that he, uh, Jared Halverson, mentioned a concept that Brother Brad Wilcox had shared in a BYU devotional. So I looked it up. It was a July 2011 BYU devotional address entitled, His Grace is Sufficient. I'd like to share a quote from that address. He states, I have born-again Christian friends who say to me, you Latter-day Saints are trying to earn your way to heaven. I say, no, we are not earning heaven. We are learning heaven. We are preparing for it. We are practicing for it. They ask me, have you been saved by grace? I answer, yes, absolutely, totally, completely, thankfully, yes. Then I ask them a question that perhaps they have not fully considered. Have you been changed by grace? They are so excited about being saved that maybe they are not thinking enough about what comes next. They are so happy the debt is paid that they may not have considered why the debt existed in the first place. Latter-day Saints know not only what Jesus has saved us from, but also what he has saved us for. As my friend Brett Sanders puts it, a life impacted by grace eventually begins to look like Christ's life. As my friend Omar Canals puts it, while many Christians view Christ's suffering as only a huge favor he did for us, Latter-day Saints also recognize it as a huge investment he made in us. As Moroni puts it, Grace isn't just about being saved. It is also about becoming like the Savior. Then he concludes, the miracle of the atonement is not just that we can live after we die, but that we can live more abundantly. The miracle of the atonement is not just that we can be cleansed and consoled, but that we can be transformed. Scriptures make it clear that no unclean thing can dwell with God, but, brothers and sisters, no unchanged thing will even want to. End quote. We're going to talk about this concept in our next episode, season two, episode two, where we'll be discussing kingdoms of glory. It's President Dallin H. Oaks's October 2023 General Conference address. But I think that's an interesting insight that we're not earning our way into heaven, we're learning heaven. We're not earning our way into heaven, we're learning heaven heaven. It's only because of the grace of our Heavenly Father and our Savior Jesus Christ that we have that opportunity to return to them. Without them, without their plan, we would be lost.
we would never be able to return to them. I'm grateful for them. I bear testimony of them, that they love each one of us, that they are aware of us, that they know us personally, deeply. They want us to return to them. The second directive, President Nelson stated, when you are confronted with a dilemma, think celestial. When tested by temptation, think celestial. When life or loved ones let you down, think celestial. When someone dies prematurely, think celestial. When someone lingers with a devastating illness, think celestial. When the pressures of life crowd in upon you, think celestial. As you recover from an accident or injury, as I am, as I am doing now, think celestial. That's the end of the quote. President Nelson shared this interesting statement. He says, my injury has caused me to reflect again and again on the greatness of the Holy One of Israel. And, and as you may recall, that was from 2 Nephi chapter 9, verse 40. He continues, during my healing, the Lord has manifested his divine power in peaceful and unmistakable ways. I'll admit, when I heard him state that, I thought about the last time I was sick and I was not repeatedly reflecting on Jesus Christ. I wasn't. But I think that's powerful that, that President Nelson, even in pain, even facing this challenge, he's choosing to focus on the greatness of Jesus Christ. It's powerful. I like this quote from the book, The Power of Now, A Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment. The author is Eckhart Tolle. He wrote, accept, then act. Whatever the present moment contains, accept it as if you had chosen it. Always work with it, not against it. Make it your friend and ally, not your enemy. This will miraculous, miraculously transform your, your whole life. That's the end of the quote. Reminds me as well of that classic general conference address, Come What May and Love It, that Elder Joseph B. Worthland shared. And then I also had the thought to share President Nelson's statement about the word myopic. And he shared this in his October 2020 general conference address. That was entitled, Let God Prevail. And in that talk, he shared this powerful story. Quote, not long ago, the wife of one of our grandsons was struggling spiritually. And we'll call her Jill. Despite fasting, prayer, and priesthood blessings, Jill's father was dying. She was gripped with fear that she would lose both her dad and her testimony. Late one evening, my wife, Sister Wendy Nelson, told me of Jill's situation. The next morning, Wendy felt impressed to share with Jill that my response to her spiritual wrestle was one word. The word was myopic. Jill later admitted to Wendy that initially she was devastated by my response. She said, I was hoping for grandfather to promise me a miracle for my dad. I kept wondering why the word myopic was the one he felt compelled to say. After Jill's father passed on, the word myopic kept coming to her mind. She opened her heart to understand even more deeply that myopic meant nearsighted, and her thinking began to shift. Jill then said, myopic caused me to stop, think, and heal. 
That word now fills me with peace. It reminds me to expand my perspective and seek the eternal. It reminds me that there is a divine plan and that my dad still lives and loves and looks out for me. Myopic has led me to God. President Nelson concludes, I am very proud of our precious granddaughter-in-law. During this heart-wrenching time in her life, dear Jill is learning to embrace God's will for her dad with an eternal perspective for her own life. By choosing to let God prevail, she is finding peace. That's the end of the quote. Let's move on to the next directive. President Nelson stated, Please don't let your prayers sound like a shopping list. Our prayers can be and should be living discussions with our Heavenly Father. Now, now remember, as I share these directives, let's consider how these directives can help us to take action on that invitation to think celestial. So here, President Nelson is talking about our prayers, making our prayers living discussions with our Heavenly Father, not shopping list discussions with our Heavenly Father. So how can this help us think celestial? I had a thought that there's a powerful, it's a powerful chapter. It's a powerful book, honestly, but, but there's a powerful section of Elder David A. Bednar's book, Increase in Learning, Spiritual Patterns for Obtaining Your Own Answers. Let me share what he wrote about prayer. He wrote, Meaningful morning and evening prayers are linked to and are a continuation of each other. Consider this example. There may be things in our character, in our behavior, or concerning our spiritual growth about which we need to counsel with Heavenly Father in morning prayer. After expressing appropriate thanks for blessings received, we plead for understanding, direction, and help to do the things we cannot do in our own strength alone. During the course of the day, we keep a prayer in our heart for continued assistance and guidance. At the end of our day, we kneel again and report back to our Father. We review the events of the day and express heartfelt thanks for the blessings and the help we received. We repent and, with the assistance of the Spirit of the Lord, identify ways we can do and become better tomorrow. Thus, our evening prayer builds upon and is a continuation of our morning prayer. And our evening prayer also is a preparation for meaningful morning prayer. Morning and evening prayers and all of the prayers in between are not unrelated, discrete events. Rather, they are linked together each day and across days, weeks, months, and even years. That's the end of the quote. Our prayers are a conversation with our Heavenly Father. It may be a little bit different, especially because he's not responding verbally. Oftentimes, he's going to respond to us with promptings from the Holy Ghost and in the words of Scripture, both of ancient and modern prophets. But as I, as I contemplated, how does this help me to think celestial. I couldn't help but think that one of the themes, themes I've identified in the October 2023 General Conference is relationships. 
relationships. And I mentioned this in season two, episode zero. And so we'll discuss this more during the season, but I thought if, if I'm treating my conversation each day with my heavenly father as a shopping list or placing an order at a drive through will I really want to be with my heavenly father for eternity? Right. If I haven't developed that relationship with him, then why, why would I want to live in the celestial kingdom? The great, I mean, obviously there are many benefits to inheriting a celestial glory, but a powerful opportunity is to be in the presence of our heavenly father and our savior, Jesus Christ. But if I don't know them, if I'm not making the time now to cultivate that relationship with my heavenly father, then is the celestial kingdom, the right kingdom for me? I was, I was grateful for that powerful tie-in that our prayer, making our prayers more meaningful, living conversations with our heavenly father, help us to think celestial. Here's president Nelson's next directive. This is number four. If you struggle with an addiction, seek the spiritual and professional help you need. Please do not let an obsession rob you of your freedom to follow God's fabulous plan. President Nelson shared this fantastic statement. He says, any addiction, be it gaming, gambling, debt, drugs, alcohol, anger, pornography, sex, or even food, offends God. Why? Because your obsession becomes your God. You look to it rather than to him for solace. How many of us at the end of a long, stressful day turn to junk food, social media, or other entertainment, rather than to our Heavenly Father and to our Savior, Jesus Christ? I personally know that this statement hits home for me. I can't picture a celestial being who is consumed by an obsession. And so here's a question for reflection. Who or what is your God? Here's the fifth directive. President Nelson stated, when you make decisions regarding morality, please think celestial. And if you have been unchaste, I plead with you to repent. Come unto Christ and receive his promise of complete forgiveness as you fully repent of your sins. Obviously, repenting will will better qualify us to inherit the celestial kingdom. No unclean thing can dwell with our Heavenly Father. And, And it starts with repentance. Repentance is not a bad thing. President Nelson has repeatedly taught the importance of daily repentance, of changing of gradually over time striving to become like our Heavenly Father and our Savior, Jesus Christ. As I contemplated what I might share here, the thought came to share a personal experience. So a number of years ago, I had the opportunity to serve on the High Council in my stake. And 
In preparation for the first membership council that I was going to participate in, our stake president shared a fascinating insight. I, I didn't record his words, but he said something along these lines. This council is a good thing. The membership council will allow this individual to progress and to ultimately be forgiven. For every one membership council that happens, there are likely another 10 in our stake that should happen that won't because the members are not choosing to embark on the repentance process. I thought that was an interesting insight. I've had some amazing spiritual experiences during my life, but membership councils rank high on that list. I felt our Heavenly Father's love for that individual. If you need to repent, don't delay. If you need to repent, don't delay. The sixth and final directive that I identified, President Nelson stated, when someone you love attacks truth, think celestial and don't question your testimony. Please be prepared. Never take counsel from those who do not believe. Seek guidance from voices you can trust, from prophets, seers, and revelators, and from the whisperings of the Holy Ghost, who will show unto you all things what you should do. Please do the spiritual work to increase your capacity to receive personal revelation. In his talk, Choices for Eternity, and I, I've referenced this in previous, in previous episodes of General Conference Applied as well. It was a May 2022 worldwide devotional for young adults. President Nelson's talk was entitled Choices for Eternity. He had stated, I plead with you to take charge of your testimony. Work for it. Own it care for it, nurture it so that it will grow, feed it truth, don't pollute it with the false philosophies of unbelieving men and women, and then wonder why your testimony is waning. That's the end of the quote. I've often wondered what might motivate someone to leave the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. President Nelson shared a penetrating statement in this talk that might cause these individuals to reconsider. He stated, if we unwisely choose to live telestial laws now, we are choosing to be resurrected with a telestial body. We are choosing not to live with our families forever. He says, so my dear brothers and sisters, how and where and with whom do you want to live forever? You get to choose. There's nowhere else on earth that you can go to be sealed with your family for all eternity. Leaving the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is essentially stating, I no longer am striving to keep my family with me for all eternity. That's, that's essentially what's happening when individuals leave behind those covenants that they've made. We're going to talk about this in, in season two, episode two, President Oaks talk kingdoms of glory that I, that I've referenced previously, but, but 
we, we ultimately are choosing by our actions each day which kingdom we will ultimately abide. Are the choices we are making today going to enable us to remain with our family for eternity? Is it worth it to you to keep your loved ones with you for all eternity? There's a path. President Nelson has called it the covenant path. I testify that that path is the way that leads back to our Heavenly Father's presence. There are many different paths in this world. There's one path that leads to exaltation and an eternal family, and it's found in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I know that's true. If you listen to the voices of the world and you choose to walk away from your covenants, it's catastrophic for you and for your family. Let me conclude. President Nelson powerfully stated, mortality is a masterclass in learning to choose the things of greatest eternal import. Far too many people live as though this life is all there is. However, your choices today will determine three things. First, where you will live throughout all eternity. Second, the kind of body with which you will be resurrected. And third, those with whom you will live forever. So think celestial. He continues, in my first message as president of the church, I encouraged you to begin with the end in mind. And then he gives us here another definition. To begin with the end in mind means making the celestial kingdom your eternal goal and then carefully considering where each of your decisions while here on earth will place you in the next world. The Lord has clearly taught that only men and women who are sealed as husband and wife in the temple and who keep their covenants will be together throughout the eternities. And that's the end of the quote. We've talked about in General Conference Applied the importance of setting goals, taking action, and the power of an accountability partner, someone who will follow up on on these goals that you're setting, on the progress that you're taking. And so if you have not already um, enlisted the help of an accountability partner, I would encourage you to do so. And if you need someone to be your accountability partner, reach out to me. If you have my phone number via text message or via social media, be happy to be your accountability partner to, to assist you as you take action on something, at least one thing, that you feel that you should take action on from President Nelson's address. What I'm going to do is the Celestial Kingdom is my eternal goal. And so my action item for this week will be to journal for 15 minutes about the decisions I'm currently making and where I might make improvements to more intentionally think celestial. So I'll do that this week and then I'll report back next in the next episode on my experience. As always, I'd like to conclude bearing my testimony. And, and I've 
borne testimony throughout this episode as well that that I know that our Heavenly Father and our Savior Jesus Christ are real, that they desire each one of us to return to their presence for all eternity with our families. In this talk, President Nelson talks about how living the gospel is the best plan not only for eternal life, but for our mortal life. I have found, as I keep the commandments, and as I remain firmly on the covenant path, that life is better, it's less complicated. And I'm grateful for that. I know that, that the covenant path that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the Lord's kingdom here on the earth. I also bear testimony of President Russell M. Nelson, that he is the Lord's prophet. I've felt that confirmed to me time and time again over the past five and a half years. I'm grateful for yet another powerful address and pray for his continued health and recovery from the injury that he sustained. I hope that something I have shared with you today is beneficial, that you felt something as I shared my testimony with you. And I share that testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you once again for joining me. I look forward to speaking to you in future episodes. If you'd like to prepare for next week's episode, we will be focused on, once again, President Dallin H. Oaks's October 2023 General Conference Address is entitled Kingdoms of Glory. Thank you for joining me in this journey. Feel free to share uh, this podcast with others if it's beneficial to you. Also encourage you to follow the podcast so that you're notified of new episodes in the future. And just another, another reminder that I share additional insights on each of these episodes throughout the week on Instagram and Facebook. And so I would encourage you to, to check me out there as well. And once again, thank you for joining me in this journey. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon.